Just a few moments ago, Mark led us in a spiritual practice. It was a visualization. When we practice visualization, when we close our eyes and allow our imagination, our God-breathed imagination to, to come to its fruition in that moment, lots of things, lots of amazing, beautiful things happen. I want to take you back to that visualization. So if, if you're willing, just for a Another moment or two, if you're willing to close your eyes, just a couple other things that I, I want you to bring to mind. With your eyes closed and in this quiet moment, I, I just want you to bring to mind the first time someone really special in your life looked at you and said, I love you. The kingdom emerges in a moment like that. The kingdom presence, the kingdom reality. We talk about it in lots of different ways. Here's another one. The last time someone surprised you with a gift. Bring to, bring to mind that moment when that person gave you a gift. Or a time when you experienced a reunion with a friend and a friendship was rekindled. Or one more, how about this? The kingdom of God, as we hear the rain falling on the roof of our home, on a window pane, on the windshield as we drive, maybe even while we're out walking in it. It's nearly heavenly, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Okay, you can come back now. I, I don't want you to linger out there too far, too long. <laughs> In our series that we're calling Weeds, Seeds, and Shiny Things, we've been exploring the connections between the particular stories and narratives of our lives and the ever-emerging and expansive narr narratives of God's love for us, for all people in the world, no exceptions these two narratives, the narratives of our lives and the narratives of God's movement in the world are intimately acquainted. They're moving together in, in, the, in the context of what we know as the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven used interchangeably. Two weeks ago, Pastor Paul Dean uh, launched this series, Weeds, Seeds, and Shiny Things. and He talked about the power of forgiveness. And how God calls us to be, say it with me now, stretchy. I have a feeling that that's going to be embedded in our culture for quite some time. Thank you, Paul. Last week, Pastor Paul challenged us to do the hard work of self-reflection. To take some moments to self-reflect and to consider how even the weeds in our lives, the weeds in our Corporate lives together, all those weeds belong because those weeds indeed have something to teach us. Those weeds have purpose in the fertile fields of God's kingdom. Well, today I want to talk about seeds. I want to talk about the seeds of the kingdom of God the, the often overlooked and misunderstood experiences that we have in our lives that point us away from our lives to something far greater. And that is 
the reality of what God is up to in the world. But what exactly is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of heaven? Where is it? How do we, how do we get there? How does that kingdom reveal itself? How do we possibly describe it? How do we use our finite words to describe something so infinite? If you think about it, the kingdom of God was mission critical to the biblical writers. This is a bit nerdy, but just go with me. The term kingdom, the term kingdom in Matthew occurs over 50 times. Matthew was so centered on the reality of the kingdom that it's pervasive in his gospel. Mark used the word kingdom over 20 times. In the gospel of Luke, kingdom is used over 40 times. So altogether, kingdom is referred to in the gospels, at least Matthew, Mark, and Luke, over 100 times. It's mission critical. When kingdom is qualified, that is when it's specifically tied to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, Luke always refers to the kingdom as the kingdom of God, 32 times. It's central. Mark does the same. He refers to the kingdom of God 14 times. And Matthew preferred the kingdom of heaven, and he used it over 30 times. So what does this word nerdiness teach us. It, it teaches us that, that the kingdom of God is here. It's now. It's in us. It's around us. It's working through us. That God is up to creating the ever-emerging kingdom and he's using, using the people of God everywhere to make that a reality. One of uh, the authors that has influenced my life more than I can tell you for decades Frederick Beekner has been speaking and writing into my life. And in his book, Wishful Thinking, Frederick Beekner brings some clarity to the kingdom of God. Here's, here's what he writes. The kingdom of heaven is more an experience than a place. It's not really about a destination on some cosmic map, a place we go when we die. Rather, the kingdom of heaven is an experience. Like how you feel and know in your bones when you glimpse the thing. It's what gives us life and more life. More life here, now, while we're still living. Well, the thing that Beekner is talking about, the thing, of course, is is really several things. It's a lot of things. Like how you experience the presence of God or how you experience the movement of the Spirit in your life or, or how you experience the brush with the holy. The kingdom of God is like when peace and justice are practiced. Kingdom of heaven is like where love and joy and Patience prevail in our relationships, in our conversations, in our cultural experience together. The kingdom of heaven is like when kindness and goodness and faithfulness and, and generosity are all at work on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God here, 
now, present in us, through us, all around us. God's work, what God is up to in the world. It's like, it's like when your first grader comes home with artwork and asks you to put it on the refrigerator and you look at your first grader and you see the look on that first grader's face. Kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God. Or it's like when, when your granddaughter looks at you and just out of the blue, she says to you, I love you. Maybe it's when you hear that old song, that, that old hymn, and it it tugs at you in a way that no other piece of music does. You feel the tears well up. You feel the strange but familiar lump in your throat. Or maybe it's when you open your Bible, you're looking for something, and there it is. The word that you needed at that moment. If Beekner is right, and friends, I know he is, then the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like one big aha God moment in our lives when we know that God has come near. Now I need to be clear. Pastor Paul's podcast, we spent a few moments talking about this. I need to be clear about this. The kingdom of God is not a great cup of coffee because for some people, the taste of coffee just doesn't sit right with them. The kingdom of God is not a sold sign in front of your house because a lot of people don't even have a house. The kingdom of God is is not an acceptance letter from the university of wherever because higher education is a privilege that not everybody gets to have. And the kingdom of God is, is not a parking space close to the entrance of the store that you've been asking for. Please, with all due respect, don't even get me started on that one. But friends, here's the deal. If we have eyes to see, if we have ears to hear, hearts to understand, then these things that we just talked about certainly can and do point us away from all of those things to something far greater, something far more profound. That is the kingdom of God. These things certainly do show us that God is at work in the world and God's calling us to join that mission of God's work in the world. A helpful way, a really helpful way for me to think about this is to say that the kingdom of God is something this worldly that points to something otherworldly. The kingdom of God is something this worldly that points us to something otherworldly. See, Jesus wanted his followers to to be present to the emerging kingdom of God because it's always emerging all around us. He didn't want them to miss it. Jesus had a way of making really, really intangible things in our lives become tangible for us so that we could hold on to it, so that we could know it. So just imagine Jesus with his with his followers, Jesus with the people that, that, that he hung with. He, he was constantly saying, the kingdom of God is like, it, it's, it's like this. Does that work for you? Oh, okay, ha, ha. the kingdom of God is like, like that. 
Or the kingdom of God is like those things. He was using the common language of the people to talk about something that was beyond words. The kingdom of God is like a wedding celebration where people have been gathered for a week and the moment is finally at hand and they've run out of wine. But here's seven stone water jars of water. So Jesus takes something very common and makes it uncommon. He says, that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like a little bit of leaven that pervades the whole loaf, the whole, the whole ball of dough. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that somebody finds in their field. They unearth that treasure and they throw a big party because of what they have found. The kingdom of God is like a pearl. A pearl that is so beautiful that you sell everything you have to have that pearl. Or in our text for today, Matthew says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. That mustard seed is the, it's the smallest of all seeds. But when it's grown, it's the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree. It becomes a home, a place for shelter so that the birds can come and make their nests in the branches. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, friends, hear me. The intention of all of this is not to trivialize the kingdom of God, to shrink the enormity, the immensity of God's amazing grace and love and truth for us into something that we can manipulate. That's not the intention. But Jesus often provided ordinary language to make extraordinary things come to life for his followers. So how do we not miss the kingdom emerging and being revealed to us, this kingdom that's all around us? If the, if the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, how do we not miss it? I want to give you two spiritual practices. First of all, the spiritual practice of awareness. Giving attention, paying attention. I want to take you back to another gem, a real gem from the theologian, pastor, and writer Frederick Buechner who challenges us with powerful words from his book, Now and Then, A Memoir of Vocation. He says this, Listen to your life. See it for the fathomless mystery that it is, in the boredom and pain of it, no less than in the excitement and gladness. Touch. Taste. Smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it. Because in the last analysis, all moments are key moments. And life itself is grace. Frederick Buechner understood that the kingdom of God is part of our lives. And if we'll have eyes to see and ears to hear, we'll know the tiny seeds of the kingdom of God everywhere. It's all around us. We'll be able to see them. We'll be able to, to hear the kingdom. We'll be able to breathe its aroma. We'll be able to touch it. We'll be able to taste it. But I think the question for us, of course, 
is how do we become aware of it? How do we live our lives in such a way that the kingdom of God just doesn't pass us or that we don't just pass the kingdom by? Are you training yourself to recognize the little seeds of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, when it comes close? So maybe the kingdom of God emerges when you're singing that powerful song in worship and you feel those tears welling up. You feel something tug on you, something that may be part of your history. For me, for me, it's that old hymn, Children of the Heavenly Father. When I sing that old hymn, I close my eyes and I feel the warmth of sun coming through stained glass windows on the right side of my face. When I sing that hymn, I feel that heat. Maybe you're reading that passage of Scripture and it's just what you need at that moment. It, it does provide you with peace that that surprises you. It passes your understanding. Maybe you experience this kingdom when you're feeling anxiety about something and you've got just enough breath in you to say, help, Lord. And at that very moment, you know that you're not alone. Awareness grows when we actively connect stories of God's love with the narratives of our lives. But it takes some practice. We know that awareness is working, that it's growing when we have these moments, at, at some point, it's not just seeing a newborn baby, but it's being aware of the creator of the universe who knit that baby together in his or her mother's womb, as the psalmist tells us. At some point, it's not just helping somebody who needs some help, a coworker, a friend, a family member, but it's in the act of doing that, giving that help, that you literally see the presence of Christ in them and so you're no longer serving them but you're serving Christ at some point it's no longer holding a wafer in your hand or sipping wine from a, a little plastic cup but it's holding in your hand and tasting on your lips what our hearts and minds can't possibly comprehend the love of Christ in bread and wine now again, let me be clear, the newborn baby isn't the kingdom of God. Your friend in need isn't the kingdom of God. The communion wafer, the cup, is not the kingdom of God. But all of these things, if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, will move us from those things into a deeper awareness of God's presence and activity in the world through us and around us. So friends, my challenge for you this week is to connect as much of your daily experience with the expectation that the kingdom of God is here. It's now. It's among us. It's in us. It's through us. God is actively working in the people of God everywhere. When we begin to do that, we discover the power, of course, of the second spiritual practice, and that's gratitude. Being grateful for all that God has done, is doing, and will do. When we practice the awareness of, 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 of actively looking for ways to give God thanks and praise, then everything begins to look different. Gratitude for life and health and breath. 
Gratitude for loved ones who remind us that we are loved and treasured. Gratitude for this place, the music that we've sung, the prayers that we pray. You see, the, the seeds, the tiny seeds of the kingdom are everywhere. They're scattered everywhere. So may we have eyes to see. Eyes to see God's work in and through us. Through the unfolding stories of, of God's presence in our lives. May we have ears to hear the stories of God's presence in the lives of other people. As we continue to do that, become aware of that, and give thanks for that, we'll not only make a difference in the world, we will make a different world altogether. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your unfolding kingdom reality right here, right now. We thank you that, that we get to experience it. We thank you for the privilege of your call into it, being part of it, being your agents of change and the kingdom in the world. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you know us, that you treasure us, and that you call us more deeply into your kingdom work. It's in the strong name of Christ that we pray and all God's people said.